Friends, what is it about Christmas? The youngest ones in this community are hopefully, mostly, tucked into bed, visions of sugar plums dancing in their heads. If you asked them the question, what is it about Christmas that you love so much? I'm quite certain most of them would tell you it is the anticipation of waiting for presents. And for those of them who worry, do you know any like this? It is the reassurance eventually that they didn't get coal in their stocking after all. For those of us who are older, we might have other things on the list that would be the answer to, what is it about Christmas? What do you love so much? We might say Christmas cookies, perhaps because it's a grandmother's recipe, or the cards that come in the mail and that you staple to a ribbon and hang in your doorway to remind you of those you love. Maybe in your wiser years, it's handmade gifts that you are so excited to give, or an annual visit to cousins you grew up with who now you only see rarely. Is it that moment someone is nominated to read, Twas the night before Christmas and people gather around? Is it that cozy time beside a fire? What is it for you about Christmas? And not just Christmas Day, not the Christmas season. The scriptures tell us that Mary pondered all these things in her heart. Let's ponder in our hearts together. What is it about Christmas Eve tonight? Because truly, I think there is nothing else quite like it. At Passover, the youngest child at the table has the responsibility of asking the elders, what is it about tonight that makes it different than any other night? And I wonder what that answer is for us. Tonight has its own mystery and majesty. For those of us in the Northern Hemisphere, I can't argue with the suggestion that Jesus was most likely not born on December 25th. I'm sorry if this comes as a shock. I hope it doesn't. The Bible doesn't record anywhere that Jesus had a specific birth date. So what are the odds one in 365, that this is actually the eve of Jesus' birth. Cynics might say that Christianity shows itself to be something of a fraud by stealing the date of an ancient pagan tradition. But I say, why not? If Jesus, who is the light, is coming into the world in this deepest hour of need, these longest nights stretching on, how else should we mark tonight? There's also something poignant about getting the date of the solstice off by just a few days, because we did, didn't we? It passed three days ago. Although without much to go by other than where the sun rose and set over the horizon, I have to imagine people in ancient times watching and waiting like people who say, hush, did you hear something? They would be like people watching the skyline and saying, look, 
look there. Do you see it? And someone would say, no, no, surely not. It's still getting colder and darker. And then the next day, they wake up more friends and watch the skyline. Look, look, do you see it? Could it be? Yes, surely that night that passed was shorter than the one before. And then finally on that third night, they are all in agreement. No one can deny it. Truly, the light is coming back into the world. We have made it. And they rejoice. So what is it about tonight? Could some of it be this ancient rhythm? We can't deny it has its own pull, just as it does on the natural world. Migratory birds and hibernating creatures are also waiting for a sign. The seeds below ground know it. There is truly a shift. But there is something else for us in this room as well. To see you all here gathered to sing the old, old songs, to listen to the old, old story. It is not about any of these things that you might at first call to mind if somebody said to you, what is it about tonight? It isn't about a trip to the city. It isn't about anything that you bought or anyone you saw or anything you baked. What is this deeper meaning? If it is about the cookies, it's about what your grandmother's cookie recipe reminds you of, how much she loved you. If it is a memory of frosting cookies, it's that moment of grace. You made a mess, you ate dessert before dinner, and the adults in your life looked at you with glee and joy. They found joy in your joy. If it is in some small way about something you made, something that you have to give, it means that you are filled with gratitude that you have these gifts to give and to share. What if it is the light in the window? Well, then surely it means that that light in the window is just a sign that a stranger on the street could come in and find shelter in your home. Or if it is the lights outside, surely that is just a sign for your neighbors that you are holding out hope that these long days will return again. Most of all, I find Christmas Eve best distilled in this hour. This is the very essence of Christmas. Christmas is stripped of all of its commercialism and tied to this cosmic reality that God chose first to create all that is, and then having fallen in love with humanity, chose to come even closer and be with us. It is in the stories that we heard. And if it is in the songs that we find the meaning, surely it is that we know we can join our voices with that chorus of angels singing Gloria in Excelsis Deo, or join with theologians from 2,000 years ago as we sing, Of the Father's love begotten, ere the worlds began to be. If it is about the music, surely it is that we know we are not singing alone. And if it is in the words and these old stories, 
that we hear from Isaiah and Luke and John, we hear how they answer the question, what does Christmas mean? What does it mean to you? And Isaiah would tell you it is in the patience of those prophets waiting for the one who would save them. Luke would tell you it is in Mary's humble yes and in the shepherd's amazement. What does it all mean? Sit with Mary and ponder these things in your heart. It is that God chooses us, loves us, cherishes us, comes to be with us, takes delight in our joy, walks beside us through any agony, that God entrusts himself to us, coming helpless and fragile and weak, like an infant, that we might be the ones to hold him and embrace him. Such is the love and devotion God has for us. God invites us to be the ones to bear Christ into the world. Truly, it is not about any of the presence under the tree tonight. It is about your presence, your presence in this story, and your delight in hearing this good news about how much God loves you. Rachel Held Evans, an American theologian, my same age, passed away three years ago. And she writes a brutal and honest explanation of the Incarnation. I didn't find it tonight. David Spollett emailed it to me, and he found it from, of course, Father Richard Rohr and his devotional. So it came from Rachel Held Evans through Father Richard Rohr and then to David Spollett, and now I am sharing this with you because this is also what it's all about that having heard how much God loves you and how much God wants to be with you, that it changes you and you have to share it with someone else. So this is what Rachel Held Evans has to say. She says, The core is that God is with us, plain, old, ordinary us, God is with us in our fears and our pain, our sickness, even our ear infections, our cries of refugees, in our endurance of empire, in smelly barns, in unimpressive backwater towns, in the labor pains of a new mother, and in the cries of a tiny infant. In all of these things, God is with us and God is for us. God comes as close as humanly possible. What does Christmas Eve mean to us? Nothing more and nothing less than this. May we ponder this in our hearts, and when others forget how deeply they are loved, may we be the ones to bear the Christ's light to them and remind them.